Hey there, I'm Robbie Carmen. I'm Patrick Inhofer. I'm Dan Moran. And guys, this week we're going outside of the box once again. Uh, and this week we're going to talk about questions that we get that are not necessarily on MixingLight.com. Because all of us interact with clients, we interact with other colorists, friends, and so on and so forth. And those questions deserve a little attention as well. And over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking offline about, hey, this person's asking this question, this client said this, and we kind of wanted to consolidate that into one episode that we could share with our members because I think some of these questions are actually pretty quite good. Uh, and so, Pat, let's go ahead and start with you and a couple of the questions that you've been getting that you think would benefit our members here at MixingLight.com. All right. So the first question I've been getting recently, because we released our Resolve 11 training, our 14-hour opus, and... We've got this speed grade training out there, speed grade CC. Since that training was released, there's been an update, a major update to 2014 for speed grade. And so we've been getting the question, are you doing an update to your speed grade training? And my answer is, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I would love to. Uh, it's something that uh, I love speed grade. I love its 12-way color corrector. If you've ever seen me talk about speed grade, I'm big on their 12-way color corrector. I honestly believe I can, there are grades I can do in speed grade that I just can't replicate in DaVinci Resolve because of all those like three-way controls within the tonal ranges. Uh, that said, you know, we put a lot of work into it and we're able to track kind of how many people are actually interested in speed grade training. And, and then we now have a reference point against DaVinci Resolve. And I mean, it's hard to, to necessarily justify the, the amount of time it takes versus, I don't know, how much penetration that speed yeah. grade's getting right now. I just, I, I use a lot of metrics, not only sales, but if you go on to lynda.com where both of our train, both of those trainings are on lynda.com. And one of my kind of cool little metrics I like on Linda as an author is I'll go to the speed grade title and it shows you how many people are viewing now. And then I'll go to the DaVinci Resolve title and see how many people are viewing now. And DaVinci Resolve will get anywhere from three to six or seven times as many viewers. And it, it kind of tracks what we've seen on our website uh, and I'm expecting that it's going to kind of track that way on Linda, how you see it in social media. Um, so I don't know, Robbie. I mean, that's kind of my thoughts on if we're doing a yeah, speed grade training. Yeah. It's kind of it's on the it's on the iffy side right now. Well, I'll answer that question by saying that speed grade, especially the speed grade development team, those guys are great. They we, are. They're fantastic. They've, they've been amazing, and and what they've done for the community has been awesome. But I will say that the speed grade as a product is a little bit of an no man's land at the moment. Uh, I think Adobe is trying to figure out whether uh, that product gets integrated into Premiere just wholesale, right? So we don't have this back and forth. I mean, in fact, in the last edition, you know, that we haven't really covered in total depth, we covered a little bit uh, in our last update movies, but haven't covered fully in the most recent updates. Um, you know, the direct link workflow is pretty revolutionary. I think nobody can disagree with that. Um, I guess what I would say about SpeedGrade and the question that you're getting is that uh, the editors that are using it, you know what? They're not necessarily willing to invest in a in in wholesale. Hey, here's a hundred percent colorist kind of training on this tool. They kind of want to know how do we get in, how do we get out, and that's about it. So I think we're seeing a little bit of a dearth there. The other thing I would say is that 
Speed grade is a little bit of up in the air. I think that we can trust um, the guys at Black Magic for continuing the pipeline and continuing the pipeline and continuing the pipeline. I think when it comes to speed grade, again, there's a little bit of a question about whether it's uh, going to continue as a standalone yeah, product. A- active the- development is what you're talking right. about. Like how- yeah, and I guess you take a look at 2014 and you look at the previous version, and, and I think a lot of the developments... I mean, this is not totally true. I mean, you'll get a couple of new features in there that are big features, but a lot of the development is more focused on integration, and it still seems they're on that kick. And so the, the app itself, while seeing a pretty big makeover in 2014, uh, yeah, it, it, the feature updates of itself, I wasn't completely revolutionized it. I'm, my big problem with it right now, and the reason why I don't do more jobs on it, is the tracker is is dead slow. The way the mask works with the tracker is completely limiting. And and until they get that solved, as as a colorist, I can't really embrace it as my primary tool. Yeah. And that yeah. makes it difficult for me as a trainer to embrace spending, you know, another two months uh, developing that title. And this is what I say to people, and I'll say it like this, is that SpeedGrade lives up to its name. It's yeah, fast. Yeah. It's it's very it's very simple. It does what it does. But when it comes to the sort of higher-end features that colors expect, the, you know, real-time tracking, you know, a lot of curves, and curves were just introduced into this new interface, um, you know, some of the things are just lacking a little bit. So here's where I'm going to say, Pat, about SpeedGrade, and to answer the question that you've been getting is I'm still in maybe a six to eight month wait and see kind of attitude. Yeah. I'd really like to see what happens with speed grade come NAB 2015. If the app is pretty much the same that it is now after NAB 2015, then I say, unfortunately guys, it's just not worth our time to invest what it takes to record a training title uh, for, for speed grade. Um, Dan, what do you uh, what do you think? What are some of the questions that you've been getting asked, sort of at your hot list, uh, that are not addressed in regular mailbags? Uh, so a great one I hear from all my clients is, what do you think of the Amira? And it's almost kind of a two-pronged approach. You get the producer saying, like, oh, I know we went for the cheap camera, but is it okay? And then you get the DOP excitedly saying, like, oh, is it okay? As in, is it as good as Alexa? And my answer to that is it's actually probably better at some things. You get really clean high speed. You get really, really clean images. Like, I found there's even less um, noise in it. And what really excites me the most is it's a game changer in the opposite of the Red Dragon game changer. I'm seeing a mirror appearing on jobs that would not have been able to afford to go for a camera like that last year. You're talking 5D C300 territory is now, because everyone's buying mirrors is now accessible. So hopefully all our members are going to see this trend as well. That, um, like, one of the rental houses beside me just bought 35 of them because they're so cheap. They said, yeah, we'll buy 35, and now you can get one for no money at all. Um, so I really, I've got a good feeling that everyone's going to have the can pleasure. Can they get me one? <laughs> yeah, like one director just bought one. The hardest part seems to actually be getting it. There's like an eight-month waiting time now if you order one today. Um, so this is my prediction. Hopefully by this time next year, C300, you might not see as much. You'll see a lot more Amira stuff, hopefully. Well, you know, you know. to be fair, I do actually like the C300 image when it's properly done. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, when it comes to crushed blacks and stuff, it hasn't a problem. But it's funny, you know, uh, NFL films here in the United States, uh, they, they're no longer film. They switched over to the Amira, which is kind of... Uh, Kind of telling of what's going on. Um, so I, I guess I have a uh, sort of an added question to that, Dan. What, uh, 
you know, do you think that it's sort of like how do is is this is it as good question is it how do i use this footage i mean cuz there's nothing different really for you as the colorist what really is the heart of the question that the client is asking about the amir um <clears throat> it's kind of like is it a safe option because these are most of the commercials are still quite you know high end commercials and they've had said to the dop oh no we're not going to shoot alexa we're going to shoot a mirror so it's almost like they're covering their own ass saying you know was it okay was there any problems like the obviously you're not going to get as high resolution as uh shooting on this like a lexus studio or red but um i think everyone's really happy with the image quality it's that natural uh feature filmish kind of vibe so that's yeah that's the main thing is kind of like is it cool to use it again like was there any problems no <laughs> that's the answer <laughs> no problems yeah you know, and the question that I've been getting the most of is actually one that I think we've covered in some sort of way over the past uh, few months. And that is, I'm getting so, so many clients that kind of hang their head in a little bit of embarrassment and sort of little like, I'm scared to ask you this question. Uh, but because Resolve is a free application, of course, uh, I get a lot of questions of clients going, well, so can I show you this grade in DaVinci Resolve that I've done? Uh, and I think they're scared because obviously it kind of, you know, can sort of be assumed as a little bit of insulting kind of thing. Um, but you know what, guys, I've embraced that. Um, I think that where the tools are now is that it's truly a collaborative thing. The fact that I can get a DRP from a client or I can get some stills from a client who actually kind of has a rudimentary knowledge of how to use the software has only improved my game. You know, um, and we've seen this with Resolve from, you know, uh, the beginning, you know, the ability to really support XML files uh, with uh, Final Cut Pro 10 and taking color board corrections and things of that nature. I'm stoked that clients are learning uh, Resolve because it allows me to take kind of what they like as a starting point in a real interactive way and then expand on it. And I think that might threaten some colorists. But for me, I'm totally into it. Um, you know, we've I, we've talked to, and I think you guys all know, colorists who are scared, uh, scared senseless about clients that are going, really, you're using Resolve? I have Resolve, you know, and it's kind of like, no, I'm I'm embracing that, and that's a that's a really good thing. Um, hey Pat, so question number two that you get most often, what would you say? Actually, I think I want to change it up a bit, and rather than a question. Uh, I want to give throw a little love to Flanders Scientific. They are a sponsor of Tao Color, the newsletter, my training. I love these guys. And I was out at their open house. Uh, they love mixing light too. And they do. They love mixing light as well. <laughs> yep. uh, as, a fa as a matter of fact, I know they do because I was just out there at their open house a couple weeks ago. And you know, for as long as I've been using their displays, which is several years now, when I was there, I actually learned – Two things I never knew about, and one that's brand new that I think is worth talking about. And there are two things that this display does that I had no idea that it does. Number one is false color. False color based on out of gamut um, in your different tonal ranges. So you can set up tonal ranges, uh, like a three-color system, for your midtones, highlights, and shadows. And as parts of the image fall in or out of it, you can see that in the false color. Yeah, it's an exposure control. Uh, I, it's, it's brilliant. I love it. Um, I thought it was really cool. I had no idea it was on that display. So there's that. The other one is soft, uh, custom broadcast safe markers. 
So if you do a lot of work, let's say, for Discovery, like Robbie does, and Discovery has markers not only for title safe and action safe, they will have markers for where their bug violations are. And different networks all have all these different bug violations, and nowadays they proliferate. I mean, there are a whole section of the screens where you cannot put graphics uh, based on where the broadcaster puts all their bugs. And you can actually send, if you send them for like HD, 1080, uh, a 1080 Oh, right. HD They'll make a custom... They'll make a custom uh, custom overlay for you. Not only will they make a custom overlay, that custom overlay then gets burned into the firmware of all their displays. Yeah, so cool. you can actually pull up the Discovery custom broadcast safe, their overlay, uh, even if you've never, if, if for the first job you ever do for Discovery, it's in there in that display. I was blown away by that. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, no, yeah, you send it to us and in the next firmware update, it'll get, it'll get distributed. Uh, and then yeah. the third thing that I really dig um, is, and it's a brand new feature in their latest firmware, is audio meter loudness monitoring. Sure, yeah. And and that to me is huge. I mean, Robert, did you ever buy any outboard loudness monitoring? Yeah, of course. We have uh, we have a lot of them at our, our place. Uh, various plugins from Waves, TC Electronics. Um, we have some of the ones from Dolby. You know, it used to be that Dial Norm was the way to go. Now, loudness, instantaneous, and over long term uh, is the way to go. And you know, you're still not going to probably replace any of the scopes or any of the loudness meters that dedicated audio mixers are using because yep. they're obviously pretty specialized. Yep. Um, but more, more and more so, editors have to deal with this issue. I was recently at Major League Baseball doing some training, and I was blown out of the water that all of their editors were paying attention to loudness as they were doing rough mixes in the uh, in the in the edit base, and so having loudness built into the monitor. Huge. That's that is. Huge I mean, thing. you're you're at the you're at the very last step, and you just quickly throw it on, take a quick look, tweak your mix, and then away you go. Built right into your display. I just I was. That's just a brilliant, brilliant feature set uh, that that they've now included on there. It's only on the color color fidelity engine two displays that right, uh, that right. have that the newest the newest displays the newest yeah. displays yep. yep so that's my second question so the other one that i've been getting a lot of and i mean a lot of and we've seen some of it here on mixing light is all about the broadcast legality stuff guys and i mean i, I mean it's still the same it's still the same requirements uh and i've tried to do some uh insights recently about uh broadcast legality pat you obviously had a whole series covering broadcast legality and resolve and premiere and final cut and everywhere on out. And I did, uh, uh, an added insight about using the, uh, hardware legalizer. And I think we um, even did a mailbag on this as well. I think there's a mailbag. Here's where, yeah. here's where I'm going to always say to the people that always ask about broadcast legality. I'm going to say it in two simple ways. Scopes, scopes. Yep. That's it. Scopes. Yep. Use your scopes. Yep. Don't, don't ask questions. Just use your scopes. Yep. Yeah. And, and I'm just going to say number two, Use the legalizer. That's all. That's it. That's the end, end of day. I People who want a magic bullet for how to fix this legalization problem, you need to fix it in a professional way. Scopes, legalizer, move on with your life. Dan, I want to hear your number two. Uh, just thinking another really popular question I get is... Uh what jobs are actually delivered in 4K? I'm not sure about you guys, but we master in 4K all the time. Everyone expects us to work 4K, but uh, in the UK, we're still delivering SD for commercials and then HD for most broadcasts, or sorry, not broadcasts, like online. 
because uh, I think everyone's wondering should they be finishing at 4k if we're not going to deliver it it's just it's yeah it's cropping up more and more I guess the Christmas season is here everyone's buying new TVs and the question's back <clears throat> like I had one director saying can you just render me a 4k so I can watch it at home on my new TV he didn't have any 4k content <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh yeah 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 I mean I mean here's the thing about 4k is that I get it. It's so much better than 3D. It is here to stay. Don't think of this as a fad. Everybody. I mean, I was just in Japan at Interby, and everybody at everybody at Interby was like, 4K? What the hell are you talking about? 8K. I went to a demo at the Quantel booth, and they were showing real-time 8K production with like some experimental NVIDIA cards running Pablo. I mean, it is showing off, but I mean, the thing about it is that, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's coming, it's there and 4k mark my words in the next six to 12 months, there's not going to be any discussion about HD. It's all going to be our new series is shot in 4k, our new project shot in 4k, 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 4k. And that's really being driven by the fact that, you know what? I can buy a 4k raw capable camera for two or three grand and a year i can probably buy that same camera for 1500 bucks you know so um yeah that resolution stuff is just here and i think on the high end it's going to be continually pushed if we can have the rest of the industry keep up with projection and display technology and frame rate technology um i'm really excited about uh about 4k plus you know guys i think uh the one thing i'll sort of leave us with is that it's always changing. There's always questions to be asked. And you, as members of MixingLike.com, have been phenomenal over the past two years asking us amazing questions. So I will just say, please, 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 please continue to ask us those questions. Because uh, I think I can speak for you guys that we learn a lot listening from members and the client and the sort of questions that they have and the problems they have. And, you know, even though we don't cover everything here on the mailbag, we do respond to a lot of members' questions offline in email. Uh, and it's something that informs our content and informs what we, what we do. Think of it. One way I'd, I'd, I'd have encourage our members to think of it is, you know, we always talk about how all the crazy things our clients ask us. And the reason they're crazy is because we hadn't really thought of it that way before. And we're forced to think outside the box. And frankly, this is what we get back from member feedback is we're like, oh my God, that's a crazy question. I've never thought of that before. And then we then have to say, okay, where's this question coming from? What's the answer to the question? And, you know, it makes us better as colorists as well. And also as teachers, we hope to answer your question. So, for the old mixinglike.com, I am Roberto Carmen. I am Patricio Inhofer. <laughs> I'm Dan. <laughs>